The Water Coolest daily financial newsletter is now powered by Barstool Sports. It's the only newsletter that I read every morning to stay informed on what the hell is going on in the markets. You can check it out at barstool.link slash watercoolest. That's barstool.link slash watercoolest, W-A-T-E-R-C-O-O-L-E-S-T. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Tea with Publicity. I have so much to discuss today. It's going to be one of those episodes where I'm vibrating on a really high frequency and then I'm vibrating on a really low frequency <laughs> because the, the first half is like spiritual, amazing, sensitive, and then the second half is savage, which kind of makes sense because I just launched, well, I didn't just launch. I just got the samples for my new merch that's coming out and it says mood and half is angel, half is devil, which kind of describes today's episode perfectly. I just teased it out on the Tea with Publicity Instagram account if you want to go look. But anyway, as you guys know, today's episode is presented by Mamitas, my favorite hard seltzer on the market. It is so, so good. I'm only drinking mamitas these days and with summer right around the corner I don't know why you wouldn't stock up on it because it is the drink of the summer and nothing says summer more than hard seltzer and tequila and it comes in four delicious super light super crisp refreshing naturally flavored gluten-free there's just there's so many amazing things it's only It has only less than 1.5 grams of sugar. And, you know, you could drink it in the pool. You could drink it on the boat at brunch, whether you're pre-gaming, whatever you're doing. And, oh my gosh, wait, I could finally say. So there's six flavors, not four. I have in my notes here that the Spicy Marg and Tequila Sunrise are now officially out. And I drank, when I recorded an episode with my coworker Tico, I got these flavors before they were on the market. And I was drinking the Tequila Sunrise one. And I think it's like actually my favorite that I've ever had. Um, So don't forget to get yours in an eight pack now at Target, Walmart, Publix, Jewel Osco, or on GoPuff. And as always, you could do drinkmamitas.com. Okay, let's get into the episode. Um, Hi, Gia. How's it going? Hey, good. How are you? Good. I had like... I have so many notes and like I don't even know where to start. Um, I'm an aunt. I know. Congrats. Thank you. (laughs) Guys, you know they say they. I always say they. Like who is they? You know how people say that when you become an aunt, it's like your own child. Like people say you love it so much, the baby. Yeah. I can't get enough. But part of me is like, okay, you have to remind yourself like to ask questions about my sister and not just the baby because I'm like how did Callan sleep last night how did what did Callan yeah. do instead of being like how did you sleep yeah. how are you <laughs> um I'm so obsessed with him I think the name Callan is so cute um my I think it's actually it's Irish um not intentionally I think she just liked the name but my sister's husband's Irish so oh, it's yeah. cute and um Callan James Craig He's so cute. Um, he has three names for his whole name. I know. I know. <laughs> because what could you do? The last name's Craig. Yeah. I always joke with my sister. I'm like, thank God your name isn't Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because, like, marrying yeah, into yeah. that last name, her name, it's still kind of close, Jackie Craig. Yeah. <laughs> we also went from, like, uh, like Amoroso to Craig. such, like, yeah. an American last yeah, yeah. name. <laughs> I know. He's really cute. Becoming an aunt is exactly what people say it is. And now I'm like, okay, I need to give you a cousin. But it's, uh, I can't explain it. It's like, do I want a baby? Yes. Do I see a baby fitting in my life? No. Like, they're two very separate things. Like, I can't actually have a baby right now, but he's so cute. Um, so I'm an aunt. I also had a really cool experience last week. So this episode is an interview with a psychic. And basically, I had such a psychic week last week because I, um, I always talk about her, but... Laura, my psychic friend, had texted me after I'd been thinking about her. And I went to her house last week. And she's like, bring a notebook. And she like doesn't let me talk. She's like, I'm just going to tell you stuff. And you um, don't interrupt. And then at the end, you could ask me questions. And she just like basically did a reading for me. Yeah. And then she, we went out to dinner with her and like her like Italian cousin. It was just like the coolest experience. And she really focuses mostly on career versus she's like, we can dig into the emotional stuff later. But, um, she helped me. She honestly, this sounds ridiculous, but like I have such less anxiety after talking to her. She's good. The way she talks, she's like, oh, when I was reviewing your contract, it's like she's never seen my contract, but she, in her head, I guess, knows. What? Yeah, like she, Yeah. she just like knows things, you know? Yeah. And she was like, oh, I don't see this for you. Oh, I see this for you. You should. I was like, well, I started writing a book a few years ago. And she's like, no, that's not the one. You need to do a new one, right? And that may be later in life. So now I'm working on a whole new book concept. <laughs> Because she like gave me, I'm not going to get too like granular because it is very like personal to my career and things that I want to do, but it's almost like things I've been thinking about, but I just haven't vocalized and she knew. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, it's this and it's that and you need to do more of this. And it's just so helpful and it was just so incredible and she's so loving and caring. Um, And I had such a nice time with her. And then I interviewed earlier that day, the interview that you guys will hear soon, with Matt Frazier. And he's, like, hysterical because, first of all, he talks a lot. He talked so much, yeah. He talks so much, but and he kept apologizing. But, But like, it was interesting. Exactly. Like, I was so invested in what he was saying. I didn't care because it wasn't meaningless information. I thought he really talks a lot about the things that we wonder as humans like what's the other side like do you um connect with your loved ones when you pass do you find peace um do you have a soulmate he really answers so many questions and and weirdly enough I don't know we might edit out some of the details if it's too personal but weirdly enough we're sitting here and I was like how could you interview someone and not get messages if you're saying that they're always around you and he's like well someone's here with us now (laughs) and she and I almost (laughs) the looks on our faces I was like full body chills and I was not expecting that yeah it was wild I mean because I was always been a little skeptical of like mediums Uh and stuff and I'm I'm definitely a believer now when it happens to you yeah 
that's why I, I always used to say yeah. I'm open to it if it happens to me. Yeah. And then it happened to me and now I can't go back. Yeah, it was wild. It was like, wild. It also just, it gives me a lot of comfort. Yeah. Like, because when people come through, you're like, okay, like, when we die, we're still kind of there. Yeah. It gives me personally comfort. And it gives me comfort for, like, friends that I know that have lost family members or whatever. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, no, they're still here. Mm-hmm. Um, so you guys will hear that happen. And he's just a character. Um, he's had a show on E! He's coming out with a book. He's so fun. And... Instead of doing the Ask Alyssa segment today after the interview, it is going to be Ask Alyssa Revolve Edition um, because I spilled some tea on TikTok last night and I want to talk about my experience with Revolve, my thoughts on Revolve Festival, as well as my time working with them in Paris and New York. And um, yeah, we're going to spill some tea. And then we actually will hop into the Spill the Tea segment and we will recap the Kardashians and some other amazing topics. So here is the interview with Matt, and um, join me to spill some tea after. Hi. Hi. (laughs) So nice to meet you, I love the energy. Oh, thank you, well, it's all because of Starbucks. Starbucks (laughs) and the dead, it powers my day. Wait, where are you from? Accent. So I'm so I'm from Rhode Island. Okay. But it's crazy because I was born and raised here, but I also lived in Boston as well. So I got a little bit like Rhode Island, New York, and Boston all together. Yeah. So, yeah, oh, isn't it weird? What a fun voice. Okay, well, I'm from New Jersey, so I think I've I've kind of like gotten rid of my accent a little bit over the years. Like when I first went to college, I'd be like, Oh yeah, it's in the draw over by the mirror. And everyone was like, the what? Near the where? So I like kind <laughs> of like rolled, like tamed it back as I got older. <laughs> See, I feel like mine's gotten worse as I've gotten older, to be honest with you. Because like now I don't care anymore, you know? Yeah, you and just it's funny because it like, no, it's like no matter where I go, I feel like I don't belong. Like I go to New York and people are like, you don't sound like us. And then I go to New Jersey and people are like, you don't sound like us. I go to Boston and they're like, you don't sound like us. I'm like, well, who the hell do I sound like? <laughs> Where's my accent from? You know, it's like a mixture because, you know, being in Rhode Island, you're right in the middle. Totally. Yeah, that's so true. I always um, joke because I went to college in Connecticut that I'm like, people from Connecticut don't have like an identity like New Yorkers or like if you're from Massachusetts, you don't have like sports teams or, you know, it's different when you're from a small state or a state that doesn't have that like identity like that. Well, you know what's so weird? Being in Rhode Island, I feel like we don't have an identity because you have no idea how many places I go and people have no freaking idea that Rhode Island is a state. Like, I don't know if they don't teach it in school. I swear to God, especially when I'm in like LA or like California and whatnot, I'll be like, oh, I'm from Rhode Island. And people are like, Long Island? And I'm like, no, 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 Rhode Island. Rhode. And they're like, we, and they're like where is that? I've never heard of that before. And I'm like, what do you mean you haven't heard of it before? It's a state. Like, how do you not know your state? I feel like I, w- I was always taught it was the smallest state. So it like stood yes. out in my mind. <laughs> That's what I've always taught too. And I've lived here. So I don't know. I don't know. So you wrote a book. You're on E! And you are a psychic medium. What do you go by? Because I know some medium psych they go by different things. So like, what do you? I go say? whatever the hell by whatever the hell okay. you want to call me. To be honest <laughs> with you, medium, psychic medium, spirit medium, the guy who talks to the dead, you know, all that. You name it, I'll go buy it. Ironically, this is like a really big psychic day for me because I'm going out to dinner tonight with a psychic. Really? <laughs> yes. I'm like, what is going on? 
<laughs> on a date? No, it's a. Oh, all right. It's like a sixty-five-year-old woman who like mentors oh, me. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> well, the way you said it, you said going out to dinner with the psychic. I thought it was a date you were talking about. But like, what are the chances? I'm like, what? A, what a day for me. Um, so I want to hear a little bit about you, obviously, and how you, how you discovered your talents, and um, what those talents really like look like for you. So when did you start noticing that you were getting signs from? Um, wherever people want to imagine it, from the universe, from spirits. Um, so there's a long story. There's a short, short, short okay. story. What do you want? Give me, give me the juicy details. The ju- all right, I'm gonna give you the juicy details, right? Because <laughs> this is something that I really don't get to talk about all that often. Because when you're when you're on television, they're like, all right, you need to wrap up your story in like yeah. you know, 60 seconds. So how it all started for me was this: is my grandmother was a medium, all right, mm-hmm. and so was my mom. But remember that all mediums are different. So my grandmother had a very different gift than my mom and my mom has a very different gift than me. You know, I can see and hear the departed. My mom is a life psychic, meaning she's the one who can tell you who you're going to marry, how many kids you're going to have, if you're going to end up with so-and-so or not. And my grandmother used to receive premonitions. Uh So what's so crazy is I was really connected with my grandmother, you know, especially her being the psychic one. You know, when I was born, she was going through cancer. So she really didn't have much time left here on earth. So, you know, she spent every waking moment with me that she possibly could because she knew that she was passing. Well, what's so crazy is she died when I was three years old and everybody was mourning her and they were so upset. And my grandmother was the one who like kept the whole family together and everyone was sad. Except for me, because what's so crazy is that after my grandmother had died, I would still see and sense and feel her. And what's crazy is, is that I never knew that my grandmother had died. I never knew that she had departed because Mm -hmm. growing up, you know, I remember being just, you know, three years old and her sitting on the edge of my bed and talking to me and having conversations with me. And when I remember these, these things, I remember looking at her and the only thing that was different is she wasn't like translucent like you see on TV. Yeah. You know, it wasn't it wasn't anything scary or spooky. All I remember is that every time she would come and visit me, there'd be this big bright light behind her. And literally, I never knew that she died. So everybody was mourning her, being upset, you know, so on and so forth. But for that first year after her passing, you know, I never knew that she had died. But what's so crazy is as I got older, it started with my grandmother, you know, that I would see. Mm-hmm. But then random souls started coming in and speaking to me. And I got to tell you that scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Can we say shit on this podcast? Yes. Anything goes. All right. All right. So it's, it scared the shit out of me. Like literally I would be in my bedroom at night at that time I was on around the age of four and I would be yelling and screaming and crying because imagine waking up as a little kid, hearing whispers and people yelling your name in the room and waking up and seeing random people above your bed. Oh my God. Well, I Like I can't. I would yeah, have you would shit yourself. That's yeah. what happened to me. And I'd be in the bed in the in the room at night screaming. Like I used to beg my parents, like, you need to leave the light on. Like, I'm not going to sleep in the dark. Like, I was so afraid. And I remember like my mom would come rushing in and be like, What happens? And I'd be like, you know, this is this, you know, people yelling my name, there's people above my bed. And it's crazy because I remember like trying to pull the covers over my eyes and trying to escape the voices and trying to go and just get as far away from it as possible. I'd be yelling and screaming and crying. 
But instead, the more that I was trying to pull the covers off my head, my mom would be ripping them off saying, who's coming through to you? Who is it? Is it your grandmother talk to her? Who's say, on the side of you? Yeah, because your mom knows. She's like, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> Tell and me everything. And she wanted to know who was there. And my mom really tried like to get me to listen to the voices and try mm-hmm. to like understand that, you know, I had to listen to them and find out what they wanted. But I was so petrified because I didn't know these people. It's not like it was my grandfather. It's not like it was, you know, a cousin that I had met. It's not like it was a neighbor. It was people who I had no idea who they were. And at at that time, it was very aggressive because, you know, they knew that I could speak to them. They knew that I could hear them. So the more that I tried to escape them, the louder and stronger they became and the the more that they would try to push through Mm. and get my attention. Wow, that is so interesting. But like, okay, so you're talking about really young ages, like three, four. What did it look like going to middle school or high school and being in school and and having these people come through to you? Like, did that make your childhood really difficult? It really did. You know, I got to be honest with you, going into starting in, in elementary school and whatnot, that was really tough because you know, my mom didn't really pay attention when I was saying that I was seeing my grandmother and connecting with my grandmother and whatnot, because, you know, I think that she just thought like, maybe I was making it up or maybe, you know, I was just talking about her. She didn't really realize what was going on. And it wasn't until, you know, I started telling other children my age about it, you know, being, being around the ages of three, four, five, when I started to share these experiences and talking about the departed and talking about seeing my grandmother and having these conversations that, Literally, the teacher pulled my my mom aside and said, like, something's wrong. Like, you might have to have your son checked out because, you know, he's saying that he sees this person. He's saying that he sees people that aren't there. He comes to school. He's frightening the other kids. Like, all these conversations were happening. Yeah, she's like, everyone's scared. Right. And yeah. then it had, it, it. literally, my mom had to have that conversation with me and was like, listen, you can't go to school. You can't say these things. You can't talk about these things. You know, this is, they don't understand you. Hmm. And it was really hard because I was being frightened and, you know, I was being frightened by this gift that I had no idea what it was. I thought the house was haunted. I didn't realize that I was psychic. I was trying to, to you know, relate to other kids I couldn't. So literally I did what any other kid would do. And I pushed it away. Like I tried my hardest throughout yeah. my life to live as normal as a life as I could. And it's crazy because like growing up, I pushed this away so much that there was actually a point in time where I was barely, you know, seeing or hearing the departed once in a while it would happen. But, you know, I was so good at pushing it away that there was a time when I really wasn't feeling anything at all. So when did you get in touch with it again? So it's actually crazy because, you know, I was in high school and at that time I wanted to go and be an EMT and everybody was going off to college and, you know, everyone knew what they wanted to do, who wanted to be a nurse, who wanted to be a lawyer, who just wanted to go to school for business. And I was really in between. I had no idea what it was that I wanted to do. I had no idea, you know, uh, what my calling was. I mean, I knew that I wanted to do something with helping others, but I wasn't sure what that actually was. So when I was coming out of high school, I really thought it would be cool to be an EMT. You know, that was a great way that I could help people. It was a way that, you know, I felt like I could fulfill my calling of, you know, helping people uh, to heal. So I started to become an EMT. I went through the courses. I became an EMT. And it was around that time. And I actually worked for the World Trade Center in Boston. I worked Mm -hmm. for the security operations department. 
And it was around that time that I went to go and see a medium for myself because I still kept in touch with my friends from, from high school. They had great success with going to mediums and, you know, they were telling me all about, you know, this um, psychic who they all went to, who had this waiting list and told them, you know, what they were going to do in life and who are they going to marry. And like, they had like great success and it was crazy. And I was thinking to myself, oh my God, like that, like I'm curious. And I actually wanted to see a medium for the first time because it was something that, you know, my family had pushed away. My family, you know, kind of, I don't want to say they ran away from the gift, but, you know, they were always in tune with the spirit world. So I was, I believed in it. And, you know, at that point, I never considered myself psychic. I never mm. considered myself a medium. You know, it was an ability, it was a, it was an ability or an experience I had as a little kid. And that was it. So I went to go and see a medium for the first time, that same medium. I booked an appointment. I remember waiting like two months to see this, this person. And I went there, it was in Boston. And I thought I was going to get the same experience. I thought that, you know, I was going to go to the, see this medium and she was going to tell me all about, you know, who I was going to marry, what my life was going to be like, what kind of car I was going to have, like all these things. Cause I was younger, you know, that's all the things that you care about. Mm -hmm. You don't care about anything else. You know, you want to know who you're going to date, what's going to happen in the future. You know, are you going to get a promotion at work? And literally the moment that, I sat down with her. I had a completely different experience than any of my friends. And she said to me, she's like, right away, she's like, I have your grandmother here. And that was the only person that I had lost in my life. She's like, I have your grandmother here, you know, your mom's mom. And I was like, oh, and she's like, yeah, she's like, and she's telling me that you're very gifted. And when you were a little kid, you used to see her. And I'm like, yes. And then she was telling me, oh, and then, you know, she's telling me that, you, that other spirits would come to you. And she's telling me, me that you're a psychic and all these things. And you can do what I do. And I said, no, I can't do what you do. And she's like, oh no, she's telling me that. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like, that was many years ago. I saw the spirit world. I connected with them, but I, I can't do what you do. Like they just mm. came to me. Like it was just, it just happened. And she was like, so adamant. She's like, no, she's like, you need to listen to me. She goes, you're going to be a medium. She goes, you're going to be a famous psychic medium. And I go to her, no, 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 no. I says, you got the wrong guy. I says, I'm an EMT. I I'm going to be a paramedic. I am an EMT right now. I already did my training. I work at the World Trade Center. I'm do I have I love my job. I want to be a, a paramedic. And I'm thinking about being a physician's assistant. I'm like, should I do that? And I'm like talking to her about I'm like, I kept trying to like change Steer my reading. The ship. Like, yeah, yeah. Cause you know you try to do that, right? Yeah. So I'm like trying to like like change the direction of the ship. And she's like, no, 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 no. She's like, you need to listen to me. She's like, I see you on TV and I see people putting powder on your face. And I see all, I said, lady, I, I don't think so. So she's telling me, yes, yes, yes. And she says to me, I want you to go home. And she's like, I want you to ask for your abilities to come back. You've pushed them away. She's mm. like, I see that. She's like, I want you to ask them to come back and they will come back. And she gave me this meditation to do. And I was like, no, nah, no. And it, and it got so bad. I got to tell you that like at the end of the reading, she was like, okay. She's like, I just want you to like, you know, the universe is always listening to you. The heaven is always listening to you. She goes, and I want you to just close your eyes and make one wish. She's like at the end of this reading. So I, cause I guess that's how she closed her readings out. So I closed my eyes and I wished for my money back. Cause I thought this one was the biggest fraud. <laughs> I'm saying to myself, like, this is like crazy. Like this lady, like, I'm like, how did everyone get a great reading? And my reading was shit. Right. So I'm like, I got screwed. Like, I don't know what the, I'm like, this lady was having a bad hair day. So long story short, I get home. I'm like, all pissed off. So my mother like knew I was going. So she says to me, you know, how did the reading go? And I'm like, oh, my mom, my, I'm like this woman. I'm like, she was like talking about grandma. And I was like, oh, what is she saying? And you know, I told her the whole story and she was saying that I was going to be a medium. So literally it was like a scene out of Harry Potter. My mother goes to me, Matt, she goes, I never told you. She says, but grandma always said that you were going to be a medium like us. She's like, and cause 
you're going to know my grandmother and my mom never did it professionally. They only did it yeah. for close friends and family. So my mom like ran over to like her, ran over to like her bedroom and like went up in the closet or wherever the hell it was. And she pulled down this box and inside of it were cards that my grandmother had made me like literally playing cards that had like meanings and symbols that were written on them. And she says, your grandmother wanted you to have this like before she died. And like, she knew that one day, like you were going to come searching for your gift and this is for you. Ooh, so that I know, isn't that crazy? So that night I'm like, you know what? Let me like, now everything's like kind of like fresh and new. I'm like, let me think about what this woman told me. So she gave me this meditation to do where like you close your eyes and you focus like on this white light in front of you. And you know, you go deeper and you ask for the voices to come back. So I go when I did this, this meditation and I'll never forget this. Cause I'm like not a meditator. That's just like not who I am. Cause I'm like too high energy to meditate. <laughs> but for some reason that day, you know, I closed my eyes. I did what, what, what she told me to do. And I was just like lost in a trance. Like I remember like literally seeing this white light in front of me and I was in this meditative state. And all of a sudden people started appearing souls that had died. Like I saw they were delivering messages to me. They were telling me about friends in my life at the time and what they would do, what they would be doing. And I saw their life so clearly. And I saw my life clearly. And I saw my families. And I, I remember being in this state and being like, I can't wait to like tell my friends this, 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 and this, mm. and to tell my mom this, and to tell my mom I saw this family member and that family member. And then I remember coming out of this meditation and not remembering anything. It's like I was there, but I didn't remember anything that had happened. It's like, I don't remember, I remember seeing things and, and hearing information, but still this day, I couldn't tell you what I saw. Mm. So long story short, eh, that's fine. Next thing you know, my whole world was changed. Like I, like from doing that meditation, asking my abilities to come back, all of a sudden weird things started happening. Like, for example, my friend was, you know, um, moving into her, her dorm room. I go to her dorm. I'm helping her, you know, unpack boxes. There's a picture that falls out of a box. I see the picture right away. This man starts talking to me. He tells me he died in a, in a, in a tragic plane crash and that, you know, he was like her father. So yeah. I pick up the picture and I'm like, who's this? And she's like, oh, She's like, that's a family friend of mine. I'm like, did he die in a, in a plane crash? And she's like, how did you know that? Do you know him? And I says, no, but he's telling me he's your father. And she goes, well, he's not my father, but he raised me. She's like, and yes, he died in a, in a plane uh, crash. And then next thing you know, when I was around certain people, I would literally sense and feel their loved ones with me. And they would tell me, you know, you need to tell my, my boyfriend that I'm sorry because, you know, um, I was drinking that night when I was in the car and I caused my passing. You need to tell this one this, you need to tell this one that. And all of a sudden, you know, I noticed this heightened awareness. Mm. And then I'm like, you know what? I like, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe what was happening. I says, you know what, from now on, when I send something, I'm going to say something. And then from that moment, I was off and rolling. And what started out as, you know, me just giving a few messages to a few close friends turned out in, you know, words spreading like wildfire of the one who can speak to the dead. And that's how wow. it all became. It is so unbelievable. And it makes sense that you were scared by it because you were so young and you're like pushing it away, pushing it away. But you obviously had it within you the whole time. You were just almost like not even comprehending that it was like you're just like I can't do this like what do you mean like that's not for me um that is so unbelievable and I heard I read in a different 
interview that you were saying how people shouldn't really necessarily talk to psychics or mediums like super, super often because when there's a message that a loved one wants you to hear, you will hear it, whether it's like a year from now, two years from now, whenever it is. Um, could you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, you know, that's a really good question because some people want to live their life by psychic so they feel that they can cheat life. And yeah. please know that even as a medium, I can tell you we're here in life to make mistakes, right? So sometimes there's mistakes that happen in our life to teach us a lesson, to help us grow and to help us to become stronger. So even as a medium, my loved ones don't come through and tell me, you know, watch out for this or don't do that mm -hmm. or don't. I mean, sometimes they will. They will definitely, you know, warn you about things, give you caution about things and intervene in your life at certain times. But sometimes there's a divine reason on why we make the mistakes we do and you know why we go through the challenges that we do life here on earth is not perfect so what happens is is that you know your loved ones in spirit they always leave you know uh the decision making to you so even during a reading i would never say to you you know oh you're gonna marry so and so and you're gonna go and live in this house you know what the spirit world will tell you is this person will come will come into your life this person will want to marry you it's up to you to make that decision do you mm. want to marry that person do you not you know do you want to focus on your career first you know so in life we have all options that are in front of us and it's up to us to make the decisions you know on what we pursue on who we marry on you know what road we go down what we what we prioritize and so on and so forth but remember that your loved ones and spirit come through for a reason so there's some mediums that will tell you and it's a big red flag like oh i can make anybody who who you want come through you know mm. you want to talk to your mom you want to talk to your dad you want to talk to your sister i'll make it happen i guarantee you they'll come through well, I can tell you, I can't, I can yeah. no way guarantee that your loved one will come through because, you know, it's up to them, not up to me. And more importantly, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, no, it's interesting because when I got a reading once, I only really had like one reading one time. And um, aside from like my grandpa, my grandma came through, my brother-in-law's grandma came through. So like, again, it wasn't someone for me necessarily, but she just like used me as the vessel to share a message. So like, yeah, like you said, you can can't happen. just be like, oh, I want to see this person. Right, exactly. And, that, and listen, if that was the case, I'd be talking to Marilyn Monroe, you know, yeah, in my yeah. sleep or somebody else. <laughs> yeah. But they have to have a direct connection to you. And there has to be a reason on why they come through. You know, your grandmother's not going to come through just to say, hey, listen, I'm chilling up in heaven. Everything's good. You know, yeah. we're drinking we're, we're drinking by the pool. <laughs> what it is, is she will come through if you didn't get to say goodbye. She will come through if there's a mistake that you're about to make in your life that she's going to warn you or protect you, you know, from. Um, she will come through if, you know, uh, let's say, for example, let's say, for example, you know, somebody had just recently passed and she wants to let you know that she's there and with them. She might come through because there's something big going on in your life. You know, your loved ones are with you through the biggest milestones, but also the greatest challenges. For example, if you're going through a divorce, if you're going through a financial hardship, if you're going through, a, you know, a breakup, if you're going through a tough time mentally, if you're going through a huge job change and you feel like you're all alone, you feel trapped. Well, your loved ones might come through in a reading to give you some advice to let you know it's going to be okay. And here's the one thing I love, which you're going to love too, is that our loved ones in spirit never worry about us. They don't have anxiety. They don't panic over us. Mm. They don't stress over us. Why? Because they see the future. And that's so valuable because so many times in life, 
we're saying to ourselves, oh my God, when you go through that divorce, when you go through that, when you go through that loss of job, when you go through that illness, you're saying to yourself, oh my God, why is this happening to me? I feel like, you know, I'm losing myself. I feel like I'm never going to make it out of this. But your loved ones and spirits do the opposite. They see the light at the end of the tunnel. Your loved ones and spirit know that, you know, you're going to be okay because they see what comes after that. And that's one of the wow. reasons why they come through in a reading. That's so cool. That's crazy. One thing that I've always wondered, and like, I'm just genuinely curious about this, and I've never asked any medium that I've interviewed, when you're, okay, so I know a lot of mediums, like, they don't just give readings on podcasts or in interviews because you need to preserve your energy and like, whatever. When you're talking one-on-one -on -one with someone and interviewing, or even when you're not like Zooming, you're, you know, just having a one-on-one -on -one conversation, is it hard to be present in the conversation? Like, are you getting, are you getting messages and you're just like, I can't go there right now? I always wonder how like your everyday interactions Absolutely. are. Absolutely. Like right now when I'm connecting with you, there's a soul that's coming through. Quick interruption. This is the part in the episode where someone that past came through and we just wanted to cut it out to respect that person's privacy their family's privacy so if things feel a little choppy that's what's happening i hope you understand absolutely yeah when i'm meeting you i'm reading you because oh, i can't make the voices stop so it's my it's literally my life it's like being 24 hours with the spirit world that's what I don't understand. So I'm like, whenever I'm talking to someone that's a psychic, like they know more about me than I'm even <laughs> presenting. Well, no, 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 it all depends on how they receive their information. That's how I receive my information, yeah. right? But like, every good to understand every medium is different. Every medium has a different gift. Some mediums are pet psychics. They specifically talk to pets that have passed on. Some mediums are, you know, life psychics where they where they read the future. Some re some um, mediums are energy readers. Like for example, have you ever seen mediums that will hold on to something or ask you to hold on, they'll ask to hold on mm, to an object mm -hmm. to give you a reading because because that's how they get their information. With me, the moment that I connect with somebody or I'm in the room with somebody, the, the information just comes. Wow. Wow. So you're just like completely always having to compartmentalize your thoughts. Like just like you're having conversation, but you're also just trying not to get distracted. Like that's well, what I have a hard time understanding. Absolutely. Well, you know what? So here's the thing. I'm. It's it's become so much a part of my life. Yeah. That literally, like, I'm always hearing these things and these souls that are around me. But what's so crazy, all right, is that like my wife Alexa, she always says to me, like, "Stop it! You're staring at that person," or "Stop it! Stop it!" Mm. Like she'll always like kick me or like or like do something because she's like, "You're embarrassing me." I'm like, "What am I doing?" So apparently, like when I'm when I'm out and about and like I do read somebody, all right, and I shouldn't say read somebody. I pick up on something. You know, sometimes I'll be staring at that person, but I don't know that I'm doing it. It's almost like for me, the best way to explain a psychic vision is literally daydreaming while you're awake. That's mm -hmm. literally what it mm -hmm. is. Wow, that is unbelievable. Okay, I have one more question for you. I know we're a little over time. Yes. Do you have five? Oh, we are over time. I didn't even know. <laughs> how long? How long did we have? <laughs> we had a half hour, but do you have like a oh, few oh. more minutes? Oh my god, I, that felt like ten minutes. I'm I sorry, know. I talked the whole friggin' time. No, we. Well, I, I. This is what happens when you have a psychic medium on your podcast, all right? I talk to the dead, so I talk to the living, living too much too. No, I'm like so. I just don't stop talking. I'm Italian. I'm a medium. I talk to living dead in between. I just don't stop friggin' talking. Oh my God. So we're going to have to do this again. I have to like, I have so many questions. <laughs> no. I'm sorry. I took the, I took over this whole part. Oh, no, that again. I have questions from what you said. Like I'm fascinated. I'm, I'm just, just so sorry. I'm so fascinated oh my God. by, right, I'm going to sip this. <laughs> no, I don't even know what questions I have. I'm just like, I'm enamored. I'm, I think it's so fascinating because 
it gives me a lot of comfort. Like when I had my one reading, it just gave me so much comfort in like the afterlife because I've always had so much anxiety about death. Like that's like my biggest fear. And I think the one thing that my reading did for me was really, I mean, I'm not going to lie, I'm still scared, <laughs> but it calmed my anxiety around that or like I have friends that have lost parents and like I just have such a comfort in knowing like no they're here with you like they're they're with you and I like truly 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 believe that um I see the name of the book behind you we never die is is that kind of um what the book's about like just absolutely because you know what Mm -hmm. especially during the pandemic like there's been so many people reach out to me and I cannot tell you the questions that they've asked me all right so we're gonna go through it what happens when you die is the is the first question, right? Do we eat poop shit on the other side? All right, do oh. we sleep on the other side? What age are you in heaven? People have asked me. What about your soulmate? What if you had three husbands here in this world, right? Who died? Who do you end up with on the other side? What age are we in heaven? What happens to somebody who passed of suicide? What happens if we didn't get to say goodbye? Mm-hmm. Are there negative souls? Are there negative energies? So I'm like, how am I going to answer all that? Like I started answering these questions to people. And then I'm like, literally, I don't have... You know, I, I don't have enough time to like write out all these paragraphs. Just so says, you know what? I'm going to put them into a book. Mm. So I took all the questions that everyone has asked me, the most push button questions and the questions that other psychics and mediums are afraid to tell people the answer to. And I put it in this new book called We Never Die. And this was literally written by like, I feel like by my following, because everyone who has asked me a question, I've taken it. I'm like, oh, another question for the book. I'll put it in. So in this book, I focus on everything from the moment that we take our last breath here in this world to the moment that we go to the other side. Okay, And this is literally what it's like. Is it it scary though, or is it fine? (laughs) So the souls (laughs) tell me that the actual actual illness is what scares them. Yes. And not knowing. It's the not knowing. But once they get to the other side, and that's why I did this book cover just like this. I don't know if you can see Uh it. But our soul leaves our body. Yes. And your soul, think of it this way, all right? Because this is gonna this is gonna help to calm your fears. Your soul is another version of you. There's two versions of us. There's the physical version mm-hmm. that we see every day, and then there's the Instagram version. What does that mean? So it means that your soul is that Instagram version. You know the way that you're constantly looking for the best Instagram picture. Yeah. You want a picture that best represents you. For example, I see behind you the the um picture of your yeah. you on the podcast drinking tea, all yeah. the way puts and glam, so on and so forth. Your soul is a reflection of yourself. When we go to heaven, we leave our pain, our disability, our physical, you know, illness behind. We leave behind anything that has made our soul, you know, not pure. So for example, negative thoughts, addiction, so on and so forth. And when we transition on to the other side, we are the best version of us. All we bring with us are the connections that we made here in this world, Mm -hmm. the life lessons that we've made. And we also take with us, you know, our personality and the love that's within our heart. So when I connect with souls, let's say somebody, you know, couldn't walk here in this world, I'll see them walking on the other side. Somebody who had cancer, who lost their hair, I'll see them with their hair on the other side because you go back to being that best version of, you know, yourself. And that's the reason why when one day you see me in heaven, I'm going to be 10 pounds lighter. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. So we always joke that my grandma was like very vain, like we like like her. She would admit it too, and it's so funny because when I when the medium was describing her to me, he was like, she just wants you to know she has her hair, and she keeps like flipping it and being like, look at my hair, look at my hair. So yeah, I totally believe that. Like you are just like your best version. Um, Also, all those questions that you mentioned, 
100% questions that we all have. So I'm so happy you answered those things because I would be lying if I said, like, everything you said, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've thought that too. Every single question. So, well, you know, it's really cool because, like I said, I feel like I wrote this book. So, what I did was all those questions that everyone's asked me, I took in and I've asked the spirit world about them because I never learned to be a medium. You know, I'm still learning every single day. Being a medium is like learning a new language. It's like the it's like learning Rosetta Stone. You know mm-hmm. how they have the Rosetta Stone where you can learn Spanish or French or whatever. It's learning a new language because when souls transition on, they learn a new way to communicate with us. And the way that I learn my information is not by reading it in a book or researching it. I learn through the readings that I give. Every single reading that I give, you know, the other side, it's almost like they lift up the curtain and they show me a little bit into heaven about mm-hmm. what they're doing, who they're with, what it's like on the other side. They'll describe their passing. They'll describe what they feel and the things that happen in heaven. So I've taken all of that and I put it in this book. So it was really written by me, you know, the followers who have asked these questions and by the information that I've learned from spirit. Because when I don't know something, I ask the spirit world about them and that's how I get my information. So a lot of people find, sometimes people find this stuff to be scary because I've had friends and I felt this way before I ever got a reading where you're like, I don't want to be told something negative. Do you, will people read your book and find comfort or do you think they'll be a little nervous? Like what kind well, of vibe I, is reading the book? Cause I'm scared. Okay. No, no, no. It's definitely a comforting and it's okay. definitely going to be a roller coaster of emotions. You're going to laugh. You're going to cry. You're going to shit your pants. You're going to do all the above. Right. But the thing is, is that at the same time, you know, there are some things that make us uncomfortable. For example, one of the questions is there in, in there is, will I be, will, do couples end up back together? Oh yeah. And the truth is, is yes, but also no. Right. So for example, you know, heaven does not check for marriage certificates. So what do I mean by that? So even though you might be married to your husband here in this world, you might not end up together on the other side. Now, everybody freaks out when I say that. All right. So don't cut, don't cut me out when I say that. Cause everybody <laughs> always is like, Oh my God, what do you mean? What do you mean? I'm not gonna, are you saying I'm not going to be with my husband? No, it doesn't work that way. It means that if we're a true soulmate, we do end up back together, but your, your soul at the end of the day needs to choose him and he needs to choose you. Right. And sometimes we all know, listen, Alyssa, put it out there, all right? We all know that there's people here in this world that sometimes are married not for the right reasons, mm-hmm. right? And they truly aren't soulmates. Maybe they they know they're not soulmates, but they decide to stick together for their children. Yeah. Maybe they're married because it's a financial situation, right? And it costs too much to get divorced. I've done many readings like that. Maybe it's that you know, they had their soulmate and their soulmate had passed away, you know, early on in life. So they married someone else. Well, being married doesn't mean that you're stuck with that person in the afterlife. If you truly don't love that person, you see what I'm saying? 100%. Yeah. And it also, and it also goes the other way as well. I read this woman, I felt so bad. You know, she had, uh, she met her soulmate. They were together. They were together early on in life. You know, she was just turning, uh, 21 years old. They were supposed to get married at 22 and he passed tragically in a car Mm. accident. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after losing him, you know, in grieving for a couple of years, she was getting older and she's like, what am I going to do? I, I, I still want to have a family. I still want to lo- live my life. So she met this new person, you know, she married him, she had kids, but he was still her soulmate. And she knew that I she see. felt that. Yeah. So we're meant to have different life partners here in this world, but our soulmate is that true one and only person that at the end of the day, your soul chooses them and their soul chooses you. And wow. everybody knows this. So it's not a big surprise. Yeah. You know, it's not like you get to heaven. It's like, okay, 
you know, your husband's going over here and you're going over here. No, it's like, you know, if you love your husband and they care about you and you know your soulmates here in this world, you'll be soulmates in the afterlife. Interesting. Gia, this TV's going off. I don't know what happened. Probably, um, probably me. I was going to say, is it you? Because <laughs> spirits do affect electricity. I always hear that, that like lights flicker and things. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, you're just like the coolest person. I'm so happy we connected and um, I learned so much today. Thank you so much. Same here. I wish I let you talk a little more. I'm sorry. I didn't realize. I like it. So I'm so um, into it. I love everything that you had to say. So I appreciate it. And everyone could. When's your book come out? Is it out? Is it? Uh, so it's not out just okay. yet. So it's actually being released um, August 23rd. But I want to make everyone aware that if you pre-order on Amazon, you don't get charged till it ships. So my hope oh. is that my hope. And by the way, I have an early copy for you just in case you want to uh, read it before anybody else. I would love else. to. So my hope is that you pre-order on Amazon, get your order in. I hope that you completely forget about it. And then in August, I hope that it's like a rainy day or that you're going on a little trip and you're like, what the hell am I going to do for three hours in the plane? And then all of a sudden you get an email and it says your Matt Frazier book is about to ship. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. And I got to tell you, we got, because those you are the best type of surprises. And um, we already sold like over 7,000 copies. So if you are getting your copy, just make sure you get it in advance because literally it's going to sell out. So I'm wow. really excited about this one. Good for you. Congratulations. Well, you know, it's not good for me. I think it's more so it's the fact that people are just so curious about so what really happens when we die. And I think that's the reason why. You hooked me. I'm like, I'm like, I got it. Can't wait to get my hands on a copy. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Matt. It was so nice meeting you. Thank you. It was great being here with you. Yeah, appreciate it. Have a good one. You too. All right, guys. Ask Alyssa Revolve Edition. I saw shit hitting the fan yesterday. Did you see this all over TikTok? Yeah. So basically people were saying, oh my God, Revolve Festival is Fire Festival 2.0. Um, I think that's a little dramatic. Like in Fire Festival, people were actually trapped on an island. <laughs> Whereas like this, you could just get an Uber and leave, <laughs> like pick you up and leave. But I think um, it, I felt like people that were being honest about their experience really spoke to me because I think there's this weird dynamic between brands and influencers or consumers where I felt personally like Revolve was the cool kid in high school and I wanted so badly to be included and they had the power to invite me to the party and I would beg them to go to the party and beg them and then they would like kind of tease you with it but then you get to the party and you realize like you're in the corner and the cool kids are on stage like that's like the analogy I would use and I always had felt this way and even though they would treat me not really well in my eyes I would still want to be included right. I would still beg I would kiss their ass every time I was in LA let's get coffee let's get drinks I would pitch them this is before like they started partnering with curvy girls I would pitch them like four years ago and be like look I'm one of the curvier girls like you could really work with me and we could do stuff together went unanswered like I would pitch them endlessly I would abide by their stupid rules and kiss their ass and eventually I like saw my worth and I was like I will never mm -hmm. again work with them on a professional capacity I do want to be um forthcoming and say that I do still order clothes from them because they carry two brands which I really like that I think are great for curvy girls and um, one is Norma Kamali which you could get in other places as well but I do find that they have a great um, selection and two-day shipping 
and returns that's free. So for me, that's I think I honestly shop at Revolve because of the shipping and the returns. But um, I shop Norma Kamali and Law Academy. And I find that both of those brands really flatter my body. And those are the only brands I shop on their website because they, they carry them and I like them. And those brands make me feel confident. If there's somewhere else that I could get those brands, sure. Um, but I do want to be just transparent about that. I don't really believe in – I'm not trying to bash them to be like, never shop there again. I'm just telling you about my experience as an influencer – Um, having worked with them so basically I saw people on TikTok um, this girl Christy who I love her handles queen of not getting banned (laughs) or queen of getting banned and she I felt bad for her because she basically has like two million followers and she was begging Revolve to notice her for like months because she shops there a lot and finally they started gifting her and she was so honored And then they invite her to the festival, and she gets so excited. She buys $800 plane tickets with her boyfriend. They fly out to Coachella, and then she couldn't get into the festival. That's just And she was just devastated. And and we were DMing, and even she was like, and I I hope she won't mind that I said this, but she was like, I was with so many other influencers who were also pissed, and they're all too scared to speak up and say something. And she's like, I don't get it. Like, why is everyone being so fake? And I was like, girl – welcome yeah, that's just the way it is because I've been through this for so many years that I just expect people yeah. to be fake um and she was like she couldn't get over it so I wanted to talk about my experience a little bit I I was before TikTok I my main business and everything was on Instagram and at the start of my Instagram career I mainly focused on fashion and Revolve was like the pinnacle of the brands that women wanted to work with because we saw them flying girls to Capri to Greece Mm. around the around the world their whole slogan and who wouldn't want to travel for free and get free clothes and these events look so fun and I don't doubt that the people that go on those events have fun I think those select people that are lucky enough to get flown around by Revolve have an amazing time yeah it's it's the people that don't that I'm in the might like majority of that I'm speaking about so when I had gotten involved um, to Coachella with Revolve in 2019, I got an email. It was like Revolve Festival, VIP access, RSVP here. So I'm so excited. I remember it was the buzz in the industry. Did you get invited to Revolve? No. Oh, sorry. Hmm. Oh, did you? Yeah. I felt so like seen. Mm-hmm. So I went to Coachella and I went for brands mainly. I had some other partnerships and um, reasons for being there, but a big one was I wanted to go to Revolve. I asked them, I remember, do you have budget for sponsored posts? No. Do you, will you cover my airfare? No. They said, we'll give you, I think, $1,500 worth of clothes in exchange for 12 posts. Keep in mind, the festival's one day. 12? Their event. Like 12 Instagram posts? 12 Instagram posts tagging, hashtag Revolve Festival, tagging them and linking their clothes. Yeah, damn. At the time, I knew this was absurd. I knew my worth. I still said yes hmm. because I was like, I want to go. This is this is how you think about it when you're like a business person and you're trying to make a connection with the brand. Mm-hmm. You're like, you know what? I will take this hit for my business 
because I will go, I will mingle with their PR people and their influencer marketing people. I will get to meet them. We'll form a relationship and it will pay off in the end. Right. Because I always, I do business that way. Like I'll do favors with hopes that it turns into something. And a lot of times it does. So I, once I got there, I quickly realized, um, I wasn't going to meet any PR people. It was thousands of people. Yeah. Similar situation. We got an address to this lot. And then in the lot, my one friend almost fainted behind a building because it was so hot. She had to stand in the shade. But I was kind of just like, suck it up. Let's go. I like, thought she was being dramatic. Now in hindsight, not normal. Yeah. Um, we got on the bus. We went to the festival. It was beautiful. Like they, I mean, they have millions of dollars worth of budget. But I think seeing how big their budgets are are what makes me sick to my stomach because I'm giving them $50,000 worth of coverage and they're giving me free clothes. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah, I felt so fair. taken advantage of. Yeah. And um, I think what also really struck a chord was seeing the girls they were paying. And basically, I was one of thousands in this crowd taking photos on the photo ops, mingling. And then there were like cabanas with people that were staying in the house. Like, you know, their accommodations were paid for. Their travel was paid for. They got gift bags, clothes, compensation. And they were on like an elevated surface with like bottle service and cameras. And I remember just feeling so silly because I'm like they have budget like here they are telling all of us like sorry we don't have budget to pay you but they're paying select girls and at the time this was before diversity was at the forefront this is before like curvy bodies were at the forefront it was just like all these like blonde hair blue eyes like fashion girls that I knew from the city and I just felt so icky um didn't learn my lesson I wanted to go to Paris Fashion Week again because when you're in that industry it's good to have a presence at these big events and I went um, I got an invite from Revolve saying hey are you going to be in Paris for Fashion Week if so we have VIP events we'd love to invite you to and we'll send you clothes same thing I think they sent me probably two thousand dollars worth of clothes for 10 posts like something absurd and I would try to negotiate it and they wouldn't budge and they were like but you get access into our VIP parties and um one night was like a club party and I felt the same way because I walked into the club and then they walked in with like their big celebrities and their big influencers and again you kind of feel like is it like a follower thing like these girls just had more followers um I think it's a follower thing and I think it's a favoritism thing some of them had comparable followers to me yeah I don't I don't know yeah interesting engagement definitely followers does play but relevance but sometimes it would be people that I'm like why them and not like you could take a bet on me too I don't know I don't know um and then they it kind of felt favoritism ish is yeah. how I felt. Like, it felt like the PR girls made friends with certain influencers, and then they would keep getting invited on everything. Yeah. So I would then try to be their friend. Yeah. And then they still didn't give a shit. Um, so then the one event that I was talking about on TikTok that I just thought was, like, the wildest was, I get an invite. Coachella, it was, um, no, Paris. It was, like, meet us for a parrot, like, Parisian picnic on the lawn of the Eiffel Tower, like, with croissants and champagne. And I get, I show up to the event thinking 
I, I show up thinking it's an event because it was advertised as an event. And when I show up, it was a photo op. Like, we might as well have been in front of a green screen. Like, the Eiffel Tower was a green screen. I'm kidding. It was really there. But, like, it was just blankets on a lawn with food for props. And people were like, this was what was the most mind. Like, this really blew my mind. People were standing in front of the Eiffel Tower with champagne, like, popping it, like, like popping it as if they're having the time of their life and then the camera would go off and they'd like put it down and pick up another prop. And I was like, this isn't an event. This is a photo op. And that pissed me off the most because I was like, you duped me into thinking you were hosting this event during fashion week and you literally just gave us clothes so we can come here and just post free advertising for you. Yeah. It was fully a staged photo moment. Yeah. It just, the whole thing really blew my mind. Um, so after that, I think I think I then kind of tried a little more maybe to take the whole curvy angle with them and they weren't having it. And then eventually I just gave up altogether. I was like, I don't know why I'm begging people to work with me if, if they don't see my value. Um, so I'm going to get to some of the questions that you guys asked me. Um, how do you get invited? Do you reach out to them? In this case, they had reached out to me so I don't really have any um advice on that someone said expand on not being included because of size large or above and do you think it's different at all because they've now hired Remy um I think they just started to change that I as of like two years ago there was not one curvy girl or person of color really like seen on their trips until very very recently and listen I I think change has to start somewhere so the fact that they're doing it now great um but I don't think back I I think back then it maybe was a bigger issue um their event slash influencer marketing strategy is very interesting I have so many questions. All right, that wasn't a question. But yes, I agree. I think I think it's genius what they've done with their influencer marketing. I mean, we all want to go. It's 100%. They have really spearheaded this whole like generation of IG, now TikTok, influencer marketing. And I think they did do a lot of it well at times. But I think it's based on this like, exclusive feeling and this like unattainable feeling like when we see these girls in Greece or Italy I don't okay as someone that isn't in the space like how does it make you feel when you see people on these extravagant trips um I guess jealous (laughs) yeah like I just didn't like damn that must be nice yeah to be flown around yeah I mean is it does it I feel like it's like aspirational in a sense like you're like oh my god like uh, like at least for me I'm like oh my god I need to go to Greece and like wrap a silk scarf around my head and drink an Aperol spritz in Italy like it, it makes you it is aspirational but it's like to a very small majority of people yeah I don't know I don't really feel that way like it's cool to me but I don't know I I, I always just see right through that stuff. You know, mm-hmm. like, I know it's all fake. And I feel like... Like, you know it's I'd posed. rather go and, like, not have to... Like, personally... I get what you're saying. I'd rather just go and, like, enjoy 
and like live in the moment and not have to be like well like i need an ice cream so that like we can take a picture in front of the duomo and like you're 100 right i also think though there's i mean that's a whole nother topic but i 100 percent agree like going on influencer trips in my experience because i've gone on quite a yeah. few are actually not very fun at all. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Because you're working. Yeah. yeah. It's like you're there, but you're there's an expectation to make it look amazing. Yeah. And I mean, it's have a you lot. seen that? It's like Kit Keenan's friend who's on the, she's like a plus one for her Revolve thing. Yes, I think and her name's like Ruby. Ruby. Yeah. yeah. And she's just like, and then we went to get breakfast and everyone was doing content. And then we went to a pool party <laughs> and everyone was doing content. And it's like, do these people just, like, have fun or, like, talk? Or do they just film themselves the entire time? Well, because I think that's And then we things... took pictures. And then we took videos. And then we did content. And it's just like, this is this does not look because fun. Because it's not fun. It's yeah. work. And which they is make what pe- it seem like they're just like, oh, my God, living our best lives. But in reality, it's all so curated. Well, that's exactly it. It's like, yeah. because... At least for me, when I did those things, it was work. Yeah. So I didn't really expect it to be fun because yeah. I was there to do a job. But you're in a fun place working. It's not. Yeah. It's like. No, like it's a great thing to be able to do. And like that's your job. So like obviously you have to do it. Yeah. And like it's probably one of the best jobs that you can have. Fair. But at the end of the day, I feel like. The authenticity is just not You're there. sending a fake message to the people that you're... Influencing. You're, yes, yeah. exactly. You're yeah. almost like you're influencing an unauthentic or unrealistic standard yeah. of fun. Or people go to Coachella probably thinking it's one thing and then realizing it's another because of all the fake content surrounding it. Totally. Yeah. This year was like the first year that I had somewhat FOMO of Coachella because... Solely of Harry Styles. (laughs) And I was just like, I cannot believe these people get to see him and Shania Twain and the whole thing. But I have never in my life wanted to go to Coachella. I mean, honestly, 2017 with Beyonce, I also really was like, fuck, I wish I saw that. But it's mostly for like the music performances where I was like, damn, like I really wish I went for that. But there is nothing about Coachella... That would that makes me want to go to it because I I can just tell that it's so like who has the best outfit like who's taking the best pictures like oh I have to pose here oh I have to pose here and like that's just not my that's just not my jam you know I think I think there's two things I think Revolve Festival is a completely separate event that just happens during Coachella weekend and people see that and are like I don't like Coachella I think that I do think something's really fun about the fashion surrounding Coachella yeah no yeah and the artistic I love seeing people's outfits but like I feel like it's yeah I don't know I just feel like it's become such a fashion show yeah yeah like but I think I just would want to go and just like enjoy the music i think it would be more fun if you went non-influencer with a friend stayed totally. in the house in palm springs went to the festival yes i think it's the stuff surrounding it yeah that's actually really annoying yeah because when i went i went just for work i didn't even go to the festival i also think it's so interesting like Haley bieber and kendall and all them like they were all there like very casual like they were just there they didn't really make a big deal out of it it's like all the influencers now are like the ones that are like in these in, like in these crazy outfits, like taking all these pictures. I feel like it kind of has taken away from like the coolness uh-huh. of Coachella. If that 100%. makes sense, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, because 
there's some older influencers who I follow who are like, I've been going to this for 15 years, yeah. 10 years, and I just love the experience of Coachella. And yeah. we've, so I mean, social media has done that, but also I felt like then there was a vibe on social media, which I kind of partook in, where it was ne- then cool to produce content from Coachella mm-hmm. saying how much Coachella sucked. Right. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, now this is a trend. Well, that's why Emma Chamberlain, like, she. In her early days, um, she would post these YouTube, like, vlogs about her going to Coachella and stuff. And, like, by the second day, she'd be like, this sucks. Like, I'm tired. (laughs) I don't want to go. All this stuff. And I think that's why people really liked her. And, like, you're just seeing all these influencers now that are like, oh, my God, Revolve Festival. Like, so fun, whatever. I don't know. I just feel like everything about Coachella specifically has become so fake and like curated yes like yeah it used to be like this unattainable like fun fashion creative like event that like everyone wanted to die to go to Mm -hmm. and now it's just kind of become like this overrun by influencer like fake thing mm-hmm. if that makes sense i almost think it would change if revolve stopped hosting an event <laughs> i think so oh, i think totally. single-handedly yeah and i feel like when you went i feel like it was probably so different i think it was like their first year doing yeah. it and it's just become something that it's not and like i just see videos and stuff and like the crowd looks so boring and mm-hmm. i don't know i feel like everyone's just like looking to get the best picture instead of like actually just enjoying the moment yeah, it was just the whole thing's weird, and I think there we could open up such a bigger conversation about like influencer marketing as a whole. Mm. But I think the one thing that people really don't give enough attention to, and what I didn't even give enough attention to in my TikTok videos, is the discrepancy between their budgets that they're putting on for these festivals and these events, and then what they're asking of influencers who they know are just dying to get a foot in with the brand and honestly it's taking advantage because this is our full-time jobs yeah I paid for my hotel I paid for my flights I lost money yeah promoting for them yeah and what let's say someone charges two thousand five hundred dollars per Instagram post okay and Revolve is getting giving them two thousand dollars worth of clothes but they have to post 12 times that's a thirty thousand dollar compensation rate that they should be earning for their time and I know $30,000 sounds like a lot of money but that's your worth when you're influencing hundreds of thousands of people it just makes no sense and it's really slimy I don't know the whole thing I could just keep going but um, that was my experience I like I said I do still sometimes shop at the brands I don't I don't necessarily always hold it against people for not paying influencers because at the same time we were willing to do it Um, because I have worked on the other PR end of it where I've asked influencers to do stuff for free and you're like well if they say yes I'm not going to turn it down you know yeah we were willingly doing it but it just felt like I was being taken advantage of in some aspects so that's that that's the tea that's my experience um Let's let's spill the tea. Even more. I guess we've been spilling it this whole time, but now we're going to talk about celebs. Um, Kardashians came out, first episode, and I love it. Did you watch? No, but I heard it's really good. I, what I liked about it the most was um, I felt like it was way less 
gimmicky than the E show. The E show towards the end really started being very, very um, facilitated. They would be like, let's TP a house. Let's um, play a prank. Whereas this just seemed more like real life. Mm -hmm. They just didn't really care. And I felt like we saw a lot more uncensored moments. I did post on my Instagram my initial thoughts and everyone seemed to really like that so maybe I'll do that after every episode but I said um, it was nice to see a more supportive side of Kanye which is true because I feel like we've just seen such negativity about him in the press lately and it's left us all with a really bad taste in our mouth towards him and it was nice to see Kim crying on the phone with him and still leaning on him even though they were already not together at that point it was just like kind of comforting to see okay he's a good like a good person it was like a little redeeming for Kanye I felt um I love seeing the kids more when Saint punched the camera I died I think Chicago is the cutest human I've ever seen I also think dream Kardashian doesn't get enough credit for being like this little angel baby she's Mm. so cute um I put rain is a savage he really is I feel like Courtney's kids are all just gonna be they're out of control they're out of control I wonder if Penelope's still like a because they got she like would like punch and kick their oh, like yeah. nannies. I forgot about that. And like, she seems sweet. Yeah, I wonder if she grew out of it. It was really heartwarming seeing Travis with Penelope. He was teaching her how to play the I drums. I saw that clip. Very cute. And like, and she was like, she was, <laughs> yeah, she was good, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, it was really really cute, and it was nice seeing Courtney. Like she looked genuinely so happy Mm. like it was really really nice they seem like a great couple um and it was it was great to see that scott it's so weird because i had this whole thought when i was watching the show and i didn't say it to anyone and then someone dm'd me saying is it just me or did scott look different and i was i was like i was thinking the exact same thing and i couldn't pinpoint it and i'm not saying bad different he didn't look ugly it wasn't anything offensive Plastic he just surgery? looked different i i don't know i can't pinpoint it yeah maybe you got like botox maybe and i think he potentially had a different hairstyle hmm. it almost reminded me of um when guys used to just put gel in their hair and run their fingers back versus making a part Oh, it yeah. looked kind of like a maybe short. He's going, maybe he's going for like more of a youthful. Yeah, like it, maybe his hair was different. But I thought the exact same thing, and I couldn't pinpoint it. And I was like, "This man looks different." Um, again, not in a bad way, just different. And um, it was. I thought the whole part where Scott was joking about dating younger women was honestly quite gross. He made this comment about, "Yeah, I'm thinking I need to date girls in their upper twenties." And then the producer was like, or 30s. And he's like, ooh, let's not go that far. Hmm. Weird. He's 39. I looked it up. It's just weird. Like, I don't know. Maybe he was joking, but it just kind of felt skeezy. Um, And then also, my last note was that I thought it was really weird seeing Chloe be cool with Tristan, knowing what unfolds. And it makes me angry for her because I almost wish they didn't even film together because it's just so embarrassing. Like, I wish she never agreed to film with him because I don't want this to keep playing out on TV for her. She has to keep 
reliving the fact that this man keeps cheating. And uh, it just, it's just not a vibe. It's just so not a vibe. Oh, and then another thing that I want to spill the tea on. Did you guys see um, Travis Scott made an appearance at a Coachella after party? Did you hear that? No. After, you know, obviously the last time he hosted a festival, there were festival there were casualties and people died and it was traumatic and he hasn't really been seen since and he went to a Coachella after party and apparently I think someone formed or just went just went and someone um that was posting from the party said the girl that you were talking about the girl that was giving the behind the scenes info yeah she said something like Travis Scott was there and it was weird and he said on the mic I probably shouldn't be here let's read this TMZ article Travis Scott didn't get to perform on any official Coachella lineup this year following the Astroworld tragedy, but he settled for the next best thing, an after party. The rapper got on the mic early Sunday morning during Bootsy Bellow's get-together in nearby La Quinta, where we're told he got on stage around 3 a.m. about an hour before things were shutting down and cranked out five of his songs from the DJ booth. As you can see, it was very stripped down and limited show, similar to what he did at a pre-Oscars party last month. Um, at one point, Travis even played DJ. Of course, Travis making an appearance in the vicinity of Coachella is interesting in itself. As you know, he was slated to headline until he got bumped over Astro World. Interesting. No comment here about him saying anything on the mic, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I He's probably just trying to, like, ease his way back into performing. That's what I was going to say. But, yeah, that just gives me weird vibes. It's, like, way too soon, I feel like. I think you could ease your way back into performing, but not at Coachella. Like, I just don't know if that was the best PR move for him. Definitely not. You know? I mean, like, it's, like, an after party at 3 a.m. Like, it's not a festival vibe, even though it is, like, in Coachella or at Coachella. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it's just too soon. Yeah. Yeah. I don't love it. I don't love also, it I almost feel like you need to address it again before you just yes. go back yeah. to performing. Yeah. Like, I get that he addressed everything r- directly after, but I almost think... It needs and to like be there, ongoing conversations. I feel like it's, he's probably still, like, dealing with stuff in court and stuff, right? 100%. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It's Isn't just, it weird how something that big could happen and then, it like, now we don't hear anything about it? It's wild. It's wild. Well, I think it really has had an effect on performers and, like, stopping the crowds. I feel like now I see videos all the time of performers, like, noticing someone in the crowd that's like either like about to faint or look yes. sick or something and they're like stop whatever mm-hmm. i feel like people have become or performers have become a lot more aware um and i also heard that coachella like stopped letting people in at a certain point like even people mm. with tickets wow because they didn't that's they said that there was that like full capacity okay but that shit pisses me off oh yeah because like, then it's like don't sell that many tickets no that my yeah my favorite venue in brooklyn brooklyn mirage they oversell every time every single good dj they will oversell the tickets and it's just like you're ruining the experience if you're gonna oversell tickets and one 
If you're going to let every person in that you sell a ticket to, it becomes a mess and it becomes not fun and people are just all over each other and it sucks. Or if you stop letting people in, you're just stealing people's money. That's what I don't get. Yeah. It's like if I paid, I don't care. You sold me a ticket. Accommodate yeah. me. Yeah. That's a really weird. Con- well, that's like, I think it's weird when planes do that. They're like, oh, yeah. Book planes. Yeah. Like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I think it's so weird. Yeah, and they're like, we'll give you like a thousand dollars. Like, no, I, I need to get to my destination. It's like, I bought this ticket for yeah. a reason. Yeah. It's insane. What? I think it's so weird. Um, okay, last thing, and then we'll go because this episode's getting long. But <laughs> the whole ASAP Rocky and Rihanna thing, like the drama about him sleeping with her friend slash designer, is just insane and I felt so bad that they even had to deal with it and now I'm looking at TMZ and there's pictures of them like walking arm in arm together in Barbados and I'm yeah. like screw the haters thank god literally thank god pray, I, I would like pray for ASAP Rocky if that was true like the way that people would come for him he also would, just like come on and it's also like she's pregnant like and also just don't cheat and also just like, like with it's a friend Rihanna. It's, and it's a friend yeah it seems so fake it, it caught too much wind too quick yeah. and I I never even reported on it on like my T page or anything because I was like, this isn't. I I just didn't believe it was substantiated claims. It's yeah. Um, okay, guys, that's it for today's episode. <laughs> Again, a doozy. I will be in Paris next wee week. Wee wee. <laughs> so what I'm gonna do is record probably a vlog style episode while I'm in Paris. And you guys will get kind of like what I did during Christmas and I think Thanksgiving. So you guys will get like live footage of me and Jill in Paris flirting with French men and losing our inhibitions and um, spending a shit ton of money on designer goods. So <laughs> I can't wait for my Paris content. And I'm going to recreate the picture of me at Revolve <laughs> holding <laughs> the baguette. <laughs> so stay tuned for that as well. Love you guys. And I will see you next Tuesday. <laughs>